Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Matt Browning, and we are here with a very, very powerful interview with someone who's really become just a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, we chatted on the phone for the better part of an hour yesterday just talking about business and life, and uh, we, we said, man, we should have recorded this, so here we get to record this today. We're going to do an interview for you. My friend, uh, Jennifer Deepstratton. Jennifer teaches the most successful coaches, experts, and niche service providers how to get paid top dollar for services and how to close big sales with ease. So the thing with Jennifer, she's had 20 years experience in sales, relationship coaching, and communication studies. Um, she has worked with her expertise and sold over $14 million in products, over 10 years in corporate sales, and she's worked for world-leading multi-million and even multi-billion dollar biotech and medical equipment companies. She's also worked with, behind the scenes with some of the largest speakers and seminar providers out in the space today. Um, and she now, of course, does that on her own. She has a great company where she teaches high ticket sales, how to increase your fees, how to get your top dollar clients. And she has her one call blueprint sales consultant uh, system that enables her to grow a multiple six figure sales coaching business in just less than two years. Phenomenal how she does that. And I love this. It, uh, you said it allowed your husband to retire from his career in home construction, and now you two get to work full time. I've spoken at your event uh, as well, one of your live events down in San Diego. It was phenomenal to, to see both of you in action, uh, your husband holding the room for you and you up on stage. It was just such a cool thing. So without any further ado, Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Matt. I, I'm, I'm so excited to get into some of this with you. Um, I mean, I, I know you real well, obviously, but at the same time, I don't know you as well as I want to. So tell me a little bit of your story. How, how did you get from the corporate world and you were doing biotech and medical equipment companies? So how long did you do that for you? About 10 years or so? And did you decide you wanted to get into corporate work or, or did you sort of fall into that? What was the, what was the decision-making process? Well, I think like a lot of people, I fell into it. I, when I was in college, Matt, I was so shy as an undergrad and I don't know why, but I, I couldn't even talk to my classmates. I would be in biochem in the lab and in the, with 10 other students, I was in a small liberal arts college with a science um, degree and get out of class, see people walking down the hall that I had just been in class with and couldn't even say hi. So I get out of school and I'm thinking, what do I want to do? And one of the scariest things I could think of to do is go into sales. You know, some people jump out of airplanes or go bungee jumping to get over their fears. I decide to go into sales and that's how it all started. So did you decide then in the corporate side, like on the, on the biotech side, you said, you know what, I'm going to go into the sales side of that. And did you have any sales training? Did you know what you were doing? Or did you, you know, you, you studied certainly, I mean, I, I said you studied oriental medicine um, and you have a biopsychology degree. So that really wasn't exactly a sales process you thought you were going to do. 
you literally just got into it to get over your fears or do you think it was going to be a good career also? Well, I think by the time I decided to do it, I wanted money. <laughs> I, needed, I needed to pay bills like, like we do as humans. Um, but really, I was going to go to medical school. Um, I, that's, why I was, that's why I chose the major that I chose. When I was about eight years old, my sister got really ill. My older sister got really ill. And I remember one summer, she was in the hospital. And I'm walking down this hospital corridor thinking about my sister and how I wanted to help people be well. And I, and my sister ended up being well, you know, she's still with us and doing quite well. Um, but at the time it was really unsure, unsure whether or not she was going to make it. And I just remember thinking, man, health is like the, just so important with my eight year old brain. <laughs> and I thought I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to learn how to help people. And so all through school, I was in medicine uh, wanting to go to medical school. And then when I got out of college, I, I didn't get into medical school. And my dreams were really, in some ways, they were crushed. Um, I wanted to change how medicine is done in our country. I wanted to change how people thought of health. And on my interviews, I told the interviewers that. <laughs> I told the medical school interviews, interviewers that I wanted to change medicine and I didn't get in. <laughs> That's shocking. So they were shocking. like, hey, you want to you want to uproot our entire system. That sounds great. Let's get you a front row seat for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't get in. No, naively, did not knowing that that was not the thing to say if I wanted to sell people on me being in their school. <laughs> so, so then at that point, you got into essentially sales positions around the medical industry, which I can appreciate wanting to kind of be in the space. And, and you did that for, you know, the better part of a decade. What what was the thought process or what was the emotion around like when that season came to an end, did you, were you getting sick of it? You said, I got to do something else or were you, Hey, this has been great, but now it's time for a next level and I want to do something on my own. I always love finding out every entrepreneur's journey of getting out from the corporate into that. Was it a push or a pull for you? I remember being at a management training for the company I was with a fantastic world-renowned biotech company and thinking, I could run this company. As arrogant as that is, I really remember thinking, I could run this company. And then when I looked around, I think like so many of us do who, who have left corporate, I noticed that my manager, my boss, was making less money, working harder, and was less appreciated and had less quality of life. And so even though I could climb the corporate ladder, I didn't want to. And at the same time, I thought, you know, the part of my job that I love the most as a salesperson was connecting to people and training people and really getting to know them and making a fundamental difference in how their lives are. And, and it just seemed like there was a much better way to do that than to spend hours and hours and hours talking about medical equipment, but I could help people personally move their lives forward quick, more quickly. And so I, I started to feel this bubbling. There's this bubbling up of wanting to, to make this huge impact. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew I wasn't going to do it there. And so I left. That's very similar to how I felt in, in the real estate industry. You know, it's like, I know what, there's a bubbling of a big impact. And it's not that you can't, like, you, you could make an impact where you were, and I could make an impact in real estate. But for me, personally, and probably for you, 
it's like, that's not where I was going to make the impact that for me, that's not what I was put here to do. There had to be a different place for that. Was that sort of the feeling you were having? Truly. I, I wanted to do more. I felt like I couldn't be as creative as I knew was potentially inside of me in that particular environment. And so there just came a day when I said I resign. It sort of surprised me. I remember I was talking to my manager and, and he asked me to do something and I said, uh, I, I quit. <laughs> and, and, and so I left and it, it was not an easy decision though. At the time I was the only breadwinner of our family of four and it was right after the real estate market had really tanked uh, in 2007 and eight. And my husband was a general contractor. So um, we had decided at the time he should come home, um, really take care of our kids while I was earning money. But at the same time, this whole like really strong desire to make a difference and, and go out and do something else was bubbling up inside of me. And he and I talked many, many times and, you know, had his blessing I even had my son who was 10 at the time, my oldest son, I remember sitting in my, um, sort of like on the corner of my bed, having this conversation with him. And I said, Hey Dylan, you know, I, I have this job. There's this thing that I want to do, but I have this job. It pays really well. It takes care of all of us providing money and, and lots of other benefits. But then there's this other thing that I want to do that's in my heart. I'm so passionate about it. And I want to go and do that. And I'm just not sure how it's going to turn out. What should I do? And Dylan looks at me and he says, mom, you should follow your heart. Oh my gosh. Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's my boy. You know, so That's what I've taught you all these years. I told you. Now you're telling me. I know. And the thing is like, I didn't, I didn't really need his permission or my husband's permission. It was really about giving myself permission to pursue my dream. Well, there's yeah. something too, right, about like bringing that and honoring the family, which I sure, like, I love and appreciate that where you, you're not asking for permission as much as almost maybe bringing them in the fold. I, like I do that at home a lot where I'm going to start a new branch or a new something. And it's not that I'm saying, hey, honey, can I do this? But it's, hey, honey, this is what I want to do. Let's get on board with it. Do we all have the same vision? Can we all support this? Whether it's taking more time away from the family, which I'm sure, did you find yourself working more initially or less? And I, I think I know the answer. I'm just curious. <laughs> Definitely more. <laughs> so that affects everyone, right? Well, yeah. And I mean, it's funny. They ha there's a, you know, people will leave a 40-hour job so they can go somewhere and make less money working 80 hours. That's entrepreneurship. I, don't, yeah. I know I'm messing up the quote, but it's so true. And yeah, and for us, my husband and I had decided early on, not decided, we chose to create a a we for our whole family. You know, there's I, there's me, and then there's you, and then there's we. And we're very, very intentional about how we design our relationship and our life. In fact, we call ourselves Team D for Deep Strat. <laughs> and I, everybody... I love, I love the team story. Yeah, everybody's on Team D, even the kids, even my parents. And even though they don't know, <laughs> my parents don't know they're on Team D. But, and basically what that is, is we have, we have our guiding principle of how we want to be in the world and with each other. It, we want to empower each other to fulfill our own greatest potential as well as our potential as a family. And so, you know, I take it very seriously if, and my husband, I mean, 
he, I really feel like he's in a lot of ways, he's like an angel to me. Um, because he never tells me I can't do something ever. And yet at the same time, I'm very sensitive to how what I choose to do impacts him and our family and our relationship. So because I don't want to get to the, you know, the billion dollar mark and find out that I have nobody in my life. That's not who I am. So we have to, yeah, very... we have to go back and remember, you know, why do we create this in the first place? It's certainly for the people in our lives. I'm sitting here with Jennifer Deep Stratton. Uh, man, I love this high ticket sales queen. You are a genius at this. And we've talked about getting out of the corporate world, uh, incorporating your family, supporting them, and then jumping really into starting your own business. And you're, you have a, a great book I want to talk about and pivot into this. Uh, it's called The High Ticket Selling Revolution, Nine Secrets to Increase Your Fees, Convert More Sales, and Magnetically Attract Top Dollar Clients Who Want to Hire You Before Ever Meeting You. That's uh, one of the best subtitles I've ever heard for a book. <laughs> Jennifer, tell me when, when you first started this and you got into it, were you, was the first rendition of your business high ticket selling resource? Had you already had the experience from supporting back of the room and supporting the back systems for other high ticket selling entrepreneurs? Or did, you, did that morph into that over the years? Truthfully, when I left my corporate environment, I didn't want to have anything to do with sales, Matt. <laughs> so you, so you got out into the, into your own business thinking, I don't want to do a sales, anything I'm going to do. So what was the first rendition? What were you looking for? for the we actually, rendition? my husband and I started a relationship coaching and counseling company. Yes. I know <laughs> you had a really successful podcast doing that. That's still live and still gets you clients, right? We did. We had the number two relationship coaching podcast and uh, it's still out there doing its thing. We're not actively working in that business or running those programs now, but we wanted to leave that material up because it was so impactful for people. And because for us, the most important thing is our relationships. That's the company that we started. And how long did you do strictly relationship coaching? Like, were you doing relationship seminars? Were you doing individual coaching clients? You were doing the podcast? Everything was around relationship? Yeah, that was our 100% our focus. What did you love and about that? I love, I love how much people want to be connected. Even in the relationships that we worked with, and some of them were close to divorce or estranged, estranged from a parent or a, a child, uh, even if there was complaining or bickering, underneath what I can always hear or could always hear is this deep, deep desire to, to feel close, to have affinity, to not feel like there's something between you know, me and you. And I could, oh, I could hear that. And I, could, I still hear, and I still have a huge passion for relationships. And in fact, our company mission, now that we're teaching high ticket selling, it's the same mission for us. Our mission is world peace, one family at a time. Why did you pivot from relationship then to high ticket sales as a, as a vehicle or as content? And I know at one point you can, you know, we can talk about niche and we can talk about demographic and uh, easier product to sell maybe or things. But what was it about, if you still kept the vision, why did, what was the part in the relationship work that didn't work as far as the business goes or sales or whatever it is? I don't know the story on that. Why would you pivot from one, one content to another? 
Well, it's funny how much we, sometimes we go into business to, to take care of the thing we're trying to figure out. <laughs> right. And, and even though I had come through a lot of it, 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 I felt like there was this torch to carry for people to, it's like, I, you know, have a great relationship with their ex or with their parents. And, and I have now really fantastic relationships with my family, but I had to work through some of that. And I'll tell you the, the, we did seminars, we did private coaching, we had our podcast. As much as I loved it, the day-to-day -day work of working with people who were in those sort of very difficult places yep. was not fun for me. I just, it, it felt like it, it was fulfilling, but not enjoyable. I can totally understand. You know, when, when I started, I, I right away went into personal development and it was really almost like therapeutic personal development, right? It was a lot more NLP for therapy, uh, personal change. And it was like a counseling session. And I loved it. I mean, for years, it was like, that's all I wanted to do because I watched people pop and change and they were stuck and they were in a, in a bad place and I helped them to shift out of it. But I totally relate because after years doing that, it was like, gosh, I kind of, I, I went home and was like, I was getting very tired. <laughs> you know, it was draining energy. And, and then, so I started shifting and pivoting. Uh, you know, doing more speaker training, doing more entrepreneur training. And then you find these people who are like, Hey, I want to take over the world. And can you help me? And you're like, this is in, it's a different energy. Exactly. And so that really ran its course for us. And I'm not, and it's not to say that we might not come back to it. In fact, some of our higher level couples, not the couples that are in distress, but that are really flourishing and want to take it to the next level have actually come into our business now because of the relationship Peter and I have and how we work together as a couple in business. So that's for sure part of our future. But the, the couples that were in more distress, I really felt like there was somebody else better who could serve them. And I wanted to, and I, and I didn't really want to anymore. And I thought, you know, there's, there's a place for them. I bless them. I know that they're going to hopefully find the people that can help them. My work is to go do this other thing now. And so at the same time, go ahead. I'll, I'll say at the same time, my entrepreneur friends were calling me and making me take their money so I could teach them how to sell. <laughs> Let's talk about that right now. So you, you learned how to sell. You had the corporate selling background, multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies. And now you apply that into, is it small business, entrepreneurship? Is it coaching and seminars specifically? Or I don't want to pigeonhole you. So where do you apply your training and coaching when it comes to high ticket sales? We work with what I call niche service providers who have a hard time communicating why people should buy from them. So you could be in a very crowded industry like insurance or financial services, those sort of things, and not know, like know that you do great work, but not really have a way to differentiate yourself. That's, you know, it's hard to communicate your value. Or you might be a, a health coach or a, um, a relationship coach. A relationship <laughs> yeah. coach. And people are saying, well, why should I pay? Why can't I just go to therapy and my insurance will cover it? And there's, so we have a lot of coaches also that we work with and business consultants, people that are trying to convey why their service is worth 
more, why it's valuable, why it's different. And that's really our gift. So you have soft, like I call it soft skill training people. So you're bringing, you're doing leadership or you're doing education, training, teaching, coaching in some or consulting in some way. And then the other spot would be in niche services. So this could be an accountant, a CPA, a massage therapist, um, a, a, a holistic practitioner, a golf coach, anyone in that space where you're doing a service for somebody and you're, or an insurance person and you're drowning in a sea of everybody does that. But now why do you want to differentiate yourself? So you're helping people differentiate themselves, but tell me about the high ticket part of it. So I'm in a service industry that has a range of, of pricing. So let's quickly talk about that. Um, you want me to be priced at the high end, at the low end, does it matter? What's your take on that when it comes to how do I price myself? And I know I'm speaking in generalities, but feel free to give me an example or what your philosophy is. How do you price yourself and why? I firmly believe, especially if you're new, that you need a high-end offer. And this is why my friends were saying, Jennifer, here's some money. Just teach me what you're doing. Because the it's very difficult to work yourself up to high-end offers if everyone who's bought from you only has bought the low end. I think this is really counterculture to how a lot of marketers think. So you mean work your way up into high end, like start with low end to get customers in the door. And then once you've gotten moving, then start to raise your prices. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Great. I'm saying don't do that. What we want to do is, and this is my particular, you know, bent (laughs) about it is, is especially if you're new and if you're not new, if you can pinpoint a high value, high impact, high price service that it's not for everybody, but for the people that need that higher level of support or input, then you can make a lot of high profit cash very quickly and have incredible results with people. And I mean, really, that's how we've grown is we have a few people at the high end and we usually and we use that to make us better. And we use the the cash flow to help us help people who can't come in at the high end. But it's really hard to do it the other way around because you start to get, if you start low, people start to know you as that low ticket provider. And you don't, and if, and that all aside, like what the market will bear, just set all that aside for a second. Ask yourself, how do you want to get paid? That's a great question. So stop, if you're thinking, well, hang on. Massage therapy is probably the one I hear the most, I'll say, and you might have a similar experience, but they go, well, in my area, the, you know, everybody's charges between $45 and $90. That's what it is. And that's what I charge. So how can I possibly have a high end offer? What do you tell that person? If you're better, you should get paid more. Come on. (laughs) That's going to be our social media quote, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is that, and I, for people, if we don't have the words to really wrap around the value, like if people, and this is where most of my clients come to me, they say, I have this incredible valuable thing, but I have a really hard time explaining in concrete terms what the results are for my clients. And until you can dial in that language, the words, the phrases, the example stories, of those results so that your prospective buyer can really understand, you will not be able to charge more. 
So once you get that, so the, the, the thing I'm hearing from you is you had to be able to dial in the message of why, is it why you're better or why it's valuable to work with you? Like what's, give me maybe an All example of or two of what questions should I ask myself? That might be a good way to, to pivot here. Yeah. So you want to raise your rates. I want to raise my rates. I want to be that person. Um, what kind of questions can I ask myself to, to get okay with that, honestly, I guess, and to start talking to the right clientele? Okay. The first thing is your internal alignment or belief around your value. So what I would do is say, Hey Matt, I want you to take out a piece of paper, jot down, set a timer for five minutes. And I want you to write down all of the benefits or results or transformations that your clients have gotten or could get from working with you. Okay. And just fill up that piece of paper. And then the next thing is we want to start to, and this is actually one of our very beginning exercise. It's not beginning, but it's one of the starter exercises that we do. You want to group similar ideas together. Okay. And when you get done with the grouping, you'll probably have five, maybe 10 main ideas of major results or benefits that people get. Then from there, we start to look and say, well, if you're really great at uh, helping people get well from chronic disease, for example. Uh, I'll use an example of one of our clients. You're really great at helping people get well from chronic disease. And because of that, they're able to sleep better and they're able to have a better time with their family and they're, they're able to go on trips that they couldn't do. So now they have a higher quality of life. You start to look at that concept. That one thing is probably worth much, much more than you're charging. Just that one thing. So now you're talking about value creation and value, like what value is coming into someone's life versus what you're doing for them as a service. Phenomenal stuff. And I know you talk about that a lot more in your book, Jennifer. So I want to make sure we get a good plug of that. Um, in our last, we're coming to the to the end, unfortunately, of our time together. I know uh, we got to run, but your book is called High Ticket Selling Revolution, Nine Secrets to Increase Your Fees, Convert More Sales, and Magnetically Attract Top Dollar Clients. Uh, who want to hire you before ever meeting you. So the high ticket selling revolution, um, you can get, I'm sure you talk a ton about this stuff in your book. You can get a copy of Jennifer's book at highticketsellingbook.com. And do you have any uh, special uh, a giveaway or a gift or anything you want to do? Yeah. In fact, everyone who's listening, Matt, to you, to us today, if you go there, you can download, you can actually get a PDF download of the book, totally free. No what? charge. Yeah. Okay. So don't go to Amazon. Don't do it. Go to high selling, uh, sorry, high ticket selling book.com. We'll put that in the show notes, of course. Uh, and you can get a copy of Jennifer's book for free high ticket selling revolution. So go do that like right now. It's going to be awesome. Um, also make sure you follow Jennifer on Facebook at high ticket sales, and you can find her on YouTube at high ticket sales success. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate your time. Um, phenomenal chatting with you and we'll have you on again. Thank you, Matt. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for the show. Uh, make sure, again, you follow Jennifer at Facebook and you follow her on YouTube and you get a copy of her book at highticketsellingbook.com. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. If you're on AM, FM, you don't need to subscribe. You can just listen, but you can also go on to iTunes and you can, you can subscribe to the show right there. Leave a rating and review. Sure appreciate that. And I'll talk to you next week. Have an awesome weekend. 